ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, back with a brand new episode here on The Truth. Back with a brand new episode of Waking Up With The Truth here as we are waking up on Wednesday, January 10th, 2023. Waking Up With The Truth is typically for subscribers only. Make sure you guys do subscribe to The Truth for $2.99 a month. You get these bonus morning shows, as well as well as some other features as well. So it's important that you guys subscribe. But Wednesday, at least for this week, is going to be the free episode of the week. So I hope you guys do enjoy it. And like I said, if you do enjoy it, you can get these every morning for $2.99 a month, weather permitting. I'm just kidding. Until I really can't do it anymore. Um, yeah, as, as I mentioned, I'll let you guys know on Twitter. For some reason, I can't do it in the morning. But let's go ahead and kick things off in the NBA. Draymond is committed to playing without quote-unquote antics, an interesting statement here. He's vowing a commitment to playing without the quote-unquote antics that have plagued him on the court throughout his career, working over the past month on ways to control his emotions and not let hostility take over. Oh, yes, he still plans to compete on the edge and isn't promising he'll be perfect during the process. He said, antics isn't something that got me here. And so when I look back on these situations, it's like, can you remove the antics? I'm very confident I can remove the antics, Green said. And I'm very confident that if I do remove the antics, no one's worried about how I play the game of basketball. Nobody's worried about how I carry myself in the game of basketball, but it's the antics. That's my focus. So good to see for Draymond Green, at least having the idea of moving in the right direction. The biggest question mark I think a lot of people like myself are going to ask is, is Draymond Green really true about this? Can he play without the antics? It's easier said than done. I completely understand that. It's one of those hard things as well with Draymond Green, just because he's such an outspoken individual. He's obviously showed his tempers on the court, and maybe the suspension really taught him well. We're not going to be able to really know until he gets back into action. You know, unfortunately, or I shouldn't say unfortunately, i get to that in a minute about John Morant, but... Looking at John Morant and his antics off the court, I mean, he was struggling tremendously and found ways through therapy and was able to serve out his suspension and come back and really help that Grizzlies team on the right direction. So taking a look at that situation there, I think it could definitely help the Grizzlies, not the Grizzlies, the Warriors and Draymond Green, but I got to see actions and results before I can really believe that he's putting the antics aside. Toronto Raptors center Jacob Hotel will be out indefinitely after sustaining a left ankle sprain, the team announced. And he'll be reevaluated in two weeks. So Potel is averaging 10.6 points, 8.3 boards, 2.5 assists, and 1.4 blocks per game through his 20, 36 starts in Toronto this season. He also leads the NBA in field goal percentage at 68.5. So this would be a tremendous loss there for the Raptors with Potel out for a period of time. The Raptors are sitting with a 15-21 and 21 record, currently 13 games behind first place Boston and a half game out of that final plan spot as we're getting closer and closer to the halfway point of the season. You hope to see in his absence that guys are able to step up, but I got to see some action before you know we really believe that this team is going to be able to, to step up in his absence. So there's a lot of questions with this Raptors team, but Potel is one of those guys that's kind of had a surprising season. Maybe he's the guy that would get moved. The Raptors have made some moves, and I think they'll continue to make moves, including Pascal Siakam. And if Pascal Siakam is you know, traded at some point, I think Potel can really stand up in the mix and, and really be, be key for them. So this Raptors team can go from first to last in a heartbeat, um, but we'll see what, help, uh, what happens when Jacob Potel you know, is gone for these two weeks, possibly more. And speaking of being reevaluated in two weeks, Halliburton has a strained grained one hamstring and is reportedly out at least two weeks. He will be approximately reevaluated in those two weeks as well. So good to see Halliburton. Well, I shouldn't say good to see Halliburton, but at least having some answers for Halliburton as far as you know moving forward for him and where he's going to be able to be back on the court for the Pacers or at least get in the right direction there. Obviously, it was a scary injury. I was also more scared to see him get carried into the locker room 
that is never a good sign there. And also, too, you know, if he is able to come back in two weeks, how effective is he going to be? Both him and Potel, right? You take a look at, you know, missing two weeks of game time. Maybe on paper it doesn't seem like the biggest of situations. And then you get put in a tough situation. It's like, well, I don't know what to do anymore, right? Like you get put in a tough situation and it ends up becoming a bigger thing than it wanted to be. So we'll have to see. Obviously, Tyrese Halliburton is a very effective player, and you want him to get back in the mix as soon as possible. The biggest question mark is can he and can he help this Pacers team maintain their position in the Eastern Conference and maybe even move up further, depending on when he comes back or how they play with uh, without him. Cade Cunningham to miss at least a week with a knee strain. Things get from bad to worse for the Pistons, who are 3-33 and on the year. Pistons star Cade Cunningham has been diagnosed with a left knee strain following an MRI and will be reevaluated in 7-10 to 10 days. He was injured Sunday while facing the Denver Nuggets, leaving the game at the 6-21 mark of the second quarter but never returning. Cade Cunningham's obviously been through a lot, especially with the season right here that they've been uh, been dealing with. It's obviously been very, very tough to see the Pistons have any type of success. And so for Cade Cunningham, this is a really crappy situation. You obviously hope that Cade Cunningham is able to come back as soon as possible and help this Pistons team at least move them in the right direction, right? You take a look at this Pistons team and you want them to have success. So you want them to get back in the mix of things. But right now it's been a difficult situation for them. He's been one of the bright spots and hopefully he's able to come back on the court. And hopefully the Pistons are able to win some more games sometime soon. John Morant to undergo season-ending shoulder surgery. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies star John Morant will undergo season-ending surgery on his labrum after suffering a sublocation in his right shoulder. Morant is expected to make a full recovery in time for the 24-25 season. This is really disappointing. At first, you know, I wasn't the biggest John Morant fan, I'll be honest, just because of his off-the-court stuff, but he really has established himself as a very key effective player for the Grizzlies and really regalvanize that Grizzlies team as a whole, right? That Grizzlies team was struggling, struggling a lot. And John Morant really came in. I think they started off 4-0 with him. Um, I wasn't saying maybe you're going to make the NBA playoffs because it seems like a tough situation to be in. But, you know, looking at the situation as a whole, you'd expect him to get back and, and help the Grizzlies get back to at least contending for something down the line. And so it just sucks to see John Morant go down with an injury like this and being out for the rest of the season. But John Morant is resilient. He's going to be able to hopefully come back, like I mentioned, at the start of the 24-25 season with having the suspension officially behind him and you know moving forward in the right direction. I think this is going to end up being a really good thing for the Grizzlies down the line. It's just a very crappy situation that he's going to have to be out for the rest of the season. And we'll see if the Grizzlies are able to pick up some slack. Obviously, they recently got Marcus Smart back. But having John Morant as mid-bait and Marcus Smart was the ideal um, you know, uh, rotation alongside guys like Jaron Jackson. And unfortunately, that's not going to be the case. So we'll see if, if time is really going to help John Morant and this Grizzlies team moving forward. But good to see John Morant back next season. The Heat had signed Eric Spolstra to a reported eight-year, $120 million extension. Heat signed long-term head coach Eric Spolstra to a long-term contract extension the team announced Tuesday. Spolstra and the Heat agreed to an eight-year deal worth more than $120 million. It's the most committed coaching money in NBA history, surpassing the amount Monty Williams received from the Detroit Pistons last summer. The 53-year-old is in his 16th season at the helm, trailing only Greg Popovich as the longest-tenured bench boss in the NBA. You know, honestly, Eric Spolstra as an eight seed last year, the Heat as an eight seed last year, really were, you know, in the playoffs and in making a deep run for the postseason because of his work and his coaching. Obviously, the Heat had Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, some other key players. But at the end of the day, like Eric Spolstra was a tremendously 
beneficial part of that Miami Heat team. And that's one of the reasons why they were able to have so much success. And I think they're going to continue to have success down the line. So I absolutely love this. I mean, it feels like in the day and age of money and just high paying contracts, it seems to be more and more every year. There's always a new player, a new coach surpassing the contract money that uh, that each player, or each team is willing to give. And so it's kind of funny to see it go with like, like a chain reaction from the top all the way to the bottom. But it seems to be a trend that's going to continue to continue. Um, that's kind of funny. They're continuing to continue. But anyways, Eric Spolstra, well-deserved. I think it's the right decision. And I wish teams would stick to their coaches more. It's hard to get a good established coach. Obviously, Popovich has been doing it for a long period of time. But good to see Eric Spolstra in the mixer and having success as well. And hopefully continued sustained success on the line. Switching gears to the NFL, the Tennessee Titans fired Mike Rabel. I will admit this came as a surprise to me. Uh, they had said earlier today, I spoke with Mike Rabel and told him about my decision to make a change at head coach. As I told Coach Fabrell, this decision was as difficult as I've ever made as controlling owner. I don't think this is the right decision at all. I really do believe that Mike Frabel was going to be a very key piece of that Tennessee Titans team moving forward. Obviously, the Tennessee Titans were dealing with a lot. They made a pretty bad free agent signing by getting Tannehill. They just did not have a good season. Seemed to be last game as for Derrick Henry, whether in the NFL, but for sure for the Tennessee Titans as he bid farewell there to Nissan Stadium. So there's a lot of interesting things here with the Tennessee Titans. And Maybe if you know Derrick Henry does retire, I think maybe it is, I guess, a, a different a time for a different change at, at the coaching position. You know, I, I look at the situation as a whole as far as NFL franchises in particular. You look at the commanders, right? They clean their house. They're going to most likely draft a quarterback with the first, second, or third pick, depending on where you know they trade their pick or keep their pick. Um, I almost feel like when you get a new coach and a new GM, you should really have a good hiring process right like the owner should uh, hire a good gm who will hire a good coach who will train you know their draft picks and train their team and so when i look at the team as a whole if they're going to go with a lot of changes here obviously the first full season we'd expect with will levis at their starting quarterback new running back either tajay spears or other guys this is a team that really down the line could kind of rebuild and rebuild quickly because they do have some talent, they have some firepower and weapons. But I don't know. I just didn't think the Mike Vrabel firing was the best of decisions. Obviously, there are some coaches that definitely deserve to be fired. And I don't think Mike Vrabel was one of them. I'm curious to see if Mike Vrabel is going to be on the market as far as if he wants to coach down the line. And if he is on the market, which team's going to be lucky enough to get a guy like Mike Vrabel, who is championship ready to help a team, a really solid team or a team that might need some help get back in the mix there. So I thought this was a very disappointing move. I thought it was a move that definitely could have happened but a move that I was not hoping to happen for sure. Sean Payton won't shut the door on Russell Wilson returning in 24. Uh, Russell Wilson reportedly expects to be released by the Broncos, but head coach Sean Payton remains open to reconciling for 24. Payton said Tuesday that he believes there is a scenario where the quarterback returns next season despite his dramatic benching. The final decision has not yet been made. And I do believe, as I mentioned earlier, that Russell Wilson will be back in a Denver Broncos uniform if he is able to restructure his contract. I think that's the biggest thing that the Broncos do want from him. He's owed a lot, a lot of money, and they haven't been able to get to the postseason yet. So maybe the Broncos internally feel like the money that he is owed isn't necessarily deserved. So we'll have to see down the line as time goes on here. But it's a very in interesting situation. It's a very sticky situation. And a situation that obviously the Broncos didn't want to be put in. With Sean Payton's first season as a head coach in Denver, 
again, kind of like a clean house type of thing. They're like in an awkward stage where I feel like they're rebuilding, but also competing for something. They really got to make their mind clear if they want to get rid of Russell Wilson or go a different path. But at the end of the day, we got to remember what the Russ, uh, Broncos gave up for Russell Wilson, and it was their entire franchise, basically. So just two seasons in, obviously, I've heard Russell Wilson's a prick, and he may not be the best situation for Denver. But do you really want to give up on a guy like Russell Wilson, who's won a Super Bowl and has been an established player, especially because you guys gave up so much for him? I don't know. We'll have to see as time goes on here. I just don't think it'll be the smarter decisions. It can really set back that Denver Broncos franchise very far and again it would just be a very tough situation to be put in so we'll have to see down the line but right now i think they're going to end up going a different path unless russell wilson restructures his contract but only time will tell between the two sides and really the landscape of the denver broncos five ten years down the line and the rest of the nfl you know if russell wilson becomes in the market so this is something to definitely monitor it feels like it's going to be up and down throughout the offseason especially leading up to the draft or when they have to make a decision on russell wilson whether or not he's in denver so I know I had said yesterday in yesterday's show that TJ Watt was expected to play, but it looks like he's not going to be playing this week in the wild card game there against the Buffalo Bills with that knee injury. I guess either I had misread it or I just didn't understand the situation entirely, but he won't play in Sunday's wild card game against the Bills due to a knee injury, head coach Mike Tomlin announced Tuesday. Watts suffered a grade 2 MCL sprain, which is considered a multi-week injury, in Saturday's win over the Ravens. The linebacker was hurt after his leg was caught awkwardly in the turf after collision with a teammate. Obviously a, a tough situation. Tomlin did say he's optimistic. Minka Fitzpatrick will be able to suit up against the Bills, who has missed the last three games with a knee injury. He did also confirm that Mason Rudolph will remain the starting quarterback job. Obviously losing uh, TJ Watt, was obviously a big loss there. And it's one of those things that, you know, as time goes on, you want to see him have success. And, um, you know, you wanted to see him kind of get in the swing of things there and be able to be an effective player on the defensive side. I think TJ Watt, when he's able to be healthy, is one of the more dynamic players in the entire NFL. And so being able to see him have success is 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 awesome, um, but being able to see him injured is not a great feeling. So hopefully he's able to get back on the field sometime soon. The Steelers team is as fully ready as, as possible to play in this matchup here. Colts owner Jim Ursay being traded for a severe respiratory illness. It seems to be that he's in good spirits. Obviously not a direct factor for the Colts <laughs> as far as not making the postseason, but it is something to note because obviously the owners have a very deep landscape as far as you know where their ownership lands and uh, potential successes that the franchise will have as a whole. So I guess obviously hopefully he's able to stay alive. Cowboys Mike McCarthy not discussing Packers tenure ahead of playoff game. Obviously, there's been a lot of debate with Mike McCarthy now that the Cowboys having the number two seed, taking on the Packers at the number seven seed. There's been a lot of questions if Mike McCarthy is going to be able to, you know, retain success um, against the Packers, his former team, or if the Dallas Cowboys are going to be a first round exit. It is kind of funny. I, I wish uh, people weren't jumping to conclusions like this. Obviously, this is part of it. I mean, Matthew Stafford's going to Detroit, you know, in his return game. So I don't know. I just think that that conversation is, is way too overshadowed. Browns kicker D Dustin Hopkins is expected to sit out Saturday's wildcard playoff game at Houston with a hamstring injury. He had sustained while chasing a kick returner in the Cleveland's win over the Texans on the 24th. Seventh Scafanis, he said Tuesday that it was unlikely Hopkins will play this week. He has been one of the most NFL sorry, most accurate kickers in the NFL all season. And he missed the final two regular season games with the injuries. He is 33 for 36 on field goals tries. All eight attempts he had from beyond 50 yards were made as well. So good to see Dustin Hopkins there. Obviously, that'd be a tough loss. I don't know who their kicker would be. I'm pretty sure Riley Patterson um, was 
you know, the, the kicker, at least against the Jets. I know that I don't know last week because I didn't really watch the, the Browns get demolished by starting Jeff Driscoll. So, you know, obviously there's some options. Patterson, if he is the kicker still, I guess I should have done some more research on it. Um, it seems to be that, you know, he's maybe the best option. He's also very young. Uh, so there's definitely some concern there for the Browns as far as their kicking game is concerned. Um, yeah, it looks like he's doubtful. I, I don't know. It, it, on the depth chart, it doesn't say who the other option would be. Colts Anthony, Anthony Steichen. <laughs> a Colts coach, Shane Steichen, believes Anthony Richardson lost crucial development time after sustaining a season-ending shoulder injury in Week 5, but he will ultimately benefit um, you know, as he comes back. And I don't think that would be uh, – I think that's very interesting. I don't think that's necessarily an accurate statement. I think as time goes on, um, you know, that, you know, this is something that, you know, is of a, a, a various, um, sorry, I was reading something else that was distracting me on this topic. It's a very interesting situation to say the least. I think this is one of those things that as time goes on, right, like there's going to be more debate about it and there's going to be, you know, questions about whether or not this is actually going to happen if he's going to be able to come back stronger because you only played four games or you only played four games this season. And so you look at a guy like Anthony Richardson, it was an unfortunate injury, but at the end of the day, like you got to move forward, right? And you got to be able to have success. So we'll see if the Colts are able to do that. And if they are, then Richardson will be back on track there. Cubs agree to a deal with Japanese star Amanaga. Amanaga. Shota Amanaga is uh, is going to the Cubs. This is kind of a breaking story last night, so the deal's terms aren't yet known. The Cubs will have to pay a posting fee to Imanaga's Japanese team, the Dina Base Stars, on top of his contract. So, yeah, he had a pretty good season there with uh, with Dina alongside Trevor Bauer. So it looks to see the sweepstakes with him are resolved, and we'll have to see the terms of the deals later. Giants are interested in Marcus Stroman. Speaking of Cubs, Stroman seems to be a hot market as of late, so we'll see where he ends up. Wander Franco faces a lesser charge as Judge analyzes evidence. He alleged that the Tampa Bay Rays shortstop had a relationship with a 14-year-old girl and paid her mother thousands of dollars for her consent. The charges carry up to 30 years, 10 years, and 20 years of prison, respectively. Franco now stands accused instead of sexual and psychological abuse, according to the judge's resolution that the Associated Press obtained on Tuesday. He has not been formally accused, but if found guilty on the new charge, he could face between two to five years in prison. So, again, the situation gets very bad, um, bad to worse, I should say. And uh, one of those things that is just a difficult situation, I feel like every day, especially the past week, we've seen more development on that. L.A. County District Attorney won't file felony charges against Julio Urias. Obviously, he was, I think it was of sexual battery or sexual misconduct. Um, obviously, those are some serious charges there, but it seems to be that the judge isn't going to side with that. So we'll see what Julio Urias' plain status on the line will be. Thank you guys for listening to another episode here on The Truth. If you guys did enjoy it, make sure you follow The Truth on Twitter. The Truth has one step to with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information you don't want to miss. Make sure you guys also follow The Truth on Instagram and TikTok at the.tt.truth as we do an Instagram Live every Wednesday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Then post the highlights and clips from those Instagram Lives on Instagram and TikTok pages. Are you looking to find a drink that offers peak hydration, raises your energy levels, speeds up your recovery, and keeps your mind sharp to focus and memory? Look no further than with Acid Rainwater. I'm excited to partner with Bloodline Sports AZ and Acid Rainwater, which focuses on peak hydration and productivity, while also maintaining an ecosystem-friendly product. Use code HESSON15, that's H-E-S-S-O-N-1-5, for 15% off every purchase. 
As always, I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, signing off. Take care and good night. <music>